Hey everybody, it's Maylee again with Texas Homegrown Music. I hope you're ready for a really cool show because I've got one for you with my friend John Zascota, Jay-Z and the Dirty Pool. He has been a working musician and touring musician for several decades, but the last 20 years he's been playing off and on with these cats and they've never recorded a record because they're all out, they're all traveling touring musicians that are always busy, but they finally got together put this record out and it's really cool it's called late bloomer and um it's got some really great cuts on it that we're going to share with you so sit back and relax and get ready to hear it and i'm going to play a song that i recorded years ago because of a guy by the name of um larry mccray who didn't originally do this song as all of you know but he did record Soul Shine. And when I heard him do it live at Caravan of Dreams many, many moons ago, I said, I've got to do that. So I recorded it on my first record. So I'm going to play it for you today. And also for Jay-Z, because it was really nice when I heard that Larry McRae was very instrumental in his life and in his style of playing. And I'm a big fan. So sit back and relax and get ready for a great show. And we'll be right back with Jay-Z in the Dirty Pool. But right now I'll sing Soul Shine. Sorry about that. Soul shine. Get a little get a little caught up with my words sometimes. And we'll be right back with Texas Homegrown Music right here with Mainly Thomas. Soul. Well, now listen, 
start with John Zascoda. He also goes by Jay-Z. Welcome to the show. Oh, hey. Thanks so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to this. All right. So after learning about you and, and hearing your music, I, I've got to say, I want to know why is it that we have not gotten to know each other before? Because we run around in the same kind of circle of music and I'm just such a fan already. What has what's the deal here? <laughs> well, uh, thank you, and also thank you for having me. This is super, super awesome. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes I think um, some of the best recipes maybe are take the longest to cook. But um, I'm glad I finally was able to meet you, and um, you know, being here is, uh, you know, it's beyond a pleasure. Well, I, you mentioned earlier that you knew about me from my way early days. I, you know, I've been in the DFW area and, of course, done some traveling. Kids kind of kept me from doing too much traveling. I started having babies and wanted to sure. raise them myself. But um, it sounds like you, you're already familiar with what I do. Oh, yeah. You know, I, so I think I was really fortunate to grow up and really be impacted the most by the a generation of music that um, was golden in Texas history. Um, you know, there was this heyday, I, I, I'm going to call it like um, somewhere between 88 and 95, where the music that you do and now the music that I do was just a different flavor and it had a different energy and a different, um, it was almost like new things were coming out of this old, tired genre that um, weren't better or um, another level then, but just different. Guys like Ian Moore and Storyville and um, all these people were popping up um, back in the days, if you remember in the early days of Caravan of Dreams in the early 90s when oh, we had some of the best shows you could possibly have. I mean, absolutely. North Texas at that point was a hotbed. So that being all that said, uh, it was absolutely impossible for me not to know who you were because you guys were so active and doing so well back then. And it was a, um, it, I, I was a fan and I know a lot of other people were. So uh, again, well, when I you called me and you got in touch with me, I was just like, Oh my, Oh my. So, well, you know, this I do great. remember, um, of course I, of course I remember those days. I, um, I was really active. Um, my bands all started in the late eighties and, uh, and really, really active in the nineties and mid nineties. I, I, you know, I had my first baby in uh, 98, so um, that's when things started slowing down a little bit for me. But, um, you know, that was back when, in the late 80s, when Stevie Ray was really cooking, and of course, you know, the tragic mm -hmm. event of him dying. But, uh, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. Ian Moore was a huge fan of Ian Moore and the Archangels sure. and Storyville and, yes. and all these, yeah, yes. all these bands that mm -hmm. were just really. I mean, they were just really kicking in with rock and soul sure. and Texas blues. And it was just a really fun time. And we lost a lot of those rooms. Yeah. Um, um, Greenville Avenue was kicking. We had so many live venues mm -hmm. there that people were literally walking up and down Greenville Avenue. And you could you could step in and hear a plethora of incredible artists, you know, just within yeah, walking yeah. distance. And Deep Ellum was, well, was, those was are exactly going. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, again, it was just a whole different scene. And so as a young guy, I'm, I'm in my late forties now, but then, um, as a young guy in my late teens and early twenties, 
these were the scenes that molded me. I remember um, going to shows like on a Christmas night, and I've talked to him about this, Jim Suler opening for the Archangels on Christmas night, like around maybe 99 or 97, even maybe earlier than that. And, right. you know, him walking on the bar and seeing hundreds of people in there just blowing up over the scene that, you know, for a little while took kind of, a, I don't want to say a downturn, but, you know, it just kind of flew under the radar. And now with... um a lot of premier artists that have been around a long time. And then some other younger artists, like younger artists, Marcus King and Larkin Poe and Samantha fish now carrying on the tradition and, uh, Chris kiss, uh, Christopher Ingram and, uh, just, you know, and then some other troubadours like Mike Zito and some of those guys who are still making still, it what it should be and, and, and put it in the clubs. Yeah. So well, that's, that's where you're I talking came from. My, you're talking my language, babe. We gotta, we're going to have to get together yeah, sometime because yeah. I can tell you and I are yeah. the same the same thread, although I'm, I'm a lot older than you are. But yeah, I just did it. I, I actually just did a show with Mike Zito at our place uh, recently, and I'm wow. so glad that he's getting kudos still. He, you know, he, he got some great oh, sure. uh, accolades at the Blues um at the Blues Awards this this past spring, and I mean it's just so fun to see all these bands coming up and and uh, and reviving that style of what I cut my teeth on. And uh, sure, and what's even more inspiring is seeing that people are starting to embrace it again. That they're you know it's not just a Justin Bieber and Harry Styles world. That there still are folks out there who have an appreciation for the smaller live show, the more intimate and, and connected roots music that you just can't get from a Tascam or a Casio, you know? And so across the board, that's totally my vibe. And I think I've been sharing it with people all all along, even especially coming out of COVID because so many of the big events, you know, were so condensed down to now they're starting to to have the big ones. again. But I'm I'm never going to go back to that. I mean, it'll be very, very rare that you ever see me at a huge um, venue any longer because I would much rather see people in an intimate setting where I feel like I can be a part of it. But I will give a plug to a venue, um, a big venue, that I've gone to a couple times. I don't know if you've ever been to Choctaw to see a show, but I'm going to tell you that room is stellar. I, I, it's incredible for wow. such a big room. The, the, the sound is phenomenal. I, I heard Chris Stapleton there, and I, I saw Jamie, um, Jamie uh, Johnson there last weekend, and I was just really impressed with the sound. But I, I'll tell you, what brought Gosh. me to you and what made me want to get you on the show was when I heard an interview and you were you were, you were were talking my language when you were saying that you loved styles from people like Ian Moore and Seth James and Buddy Whittington, who've all been on my show. And I thought, why have mm-hmm. I not had John on this show? Because you're it's just <laughs> remarkable. But probably, too, you just released a record after 20 years of playing and mm-hmm. touring on the road you finally got this record together and i gotta tell you there's some stuff on here (laughs) it is really really well thanks i appreciate that yeah you know um so my career has been kind of funny because um early on you know i think like a my story is not a lot different from a lot of kids that grew up in texas you know that had a tube amplifier and a stratocaster at home i think it didn't take very much for me to get pointed the right way and um so at an early age, I was really inspired by a lot of those guys that you were talking about. I also, you know, was really fortunate because, um, through some personal circumstances, um, I, I had gotten early on in my career connected to, um, Larry McRae, who oh. Larry is a, uh, 
out of Saginaw, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. Now I think he's up in Bay City. Recently, um, you know, just released a new record under Joe Bonamassa's label, which is long, long overdue. But back then, you know, Larry would come through town and play Caravan or the Main Street Arts Festival in Fort Worth, which is a huge deal. And a lot of times he had opened for Buddy Guy or, you know, being in the circuit, he um, always fell into the right spots. And so when he'd come in, my mom would usually cook him crawfish because we were originally, originally from Louisiana. And he'd always eat with us. And eventually as I, I uh, um, started growing a little older, you know, I, I think when you're a kid and, and music is what you want to do, uh, again, more often than not, it's not uncommon for you not to really dig the schoolwork part of life. And so at an early age, I, I didn't really necessarily um, focus on some of the things that I should have. And when I was getting in some trouble, there was a point where um, Larry, you know, extended an invitation for me to come up to Memphis, Tennessee with him. And uh, he had a engagement to record a record and uh, kind of barter some services, record on some other um uh, records in, in exchange for his recordings. And he was, uh, in, in that agreement, he had housing and all of that. And so he invited me up for what I thought was just going to be a ride, maybe a few days. And it ended up being a, a long, long time, months and months and months where I was able to be in a, a home in the West side of Memphis, Tennessee, and, um, really meet a lot of people that now I look back on it and I, I just absolutely can't believe how many elbows uh, I rubbed. In fact, recently, uh, I ran into Eric Gales uh, here in Fort Worth, and Eric and I knew each other from that visit whenever I lived there because he would come over and hang with Larry and all of us. You know, so this is back in the days when Sean Lane was uh, alive, when, um, you know, like Mud Isle Blues Fest was as big as it had ever been. BB uh, was frequenting his club all the time. And, you know, here I was, this 19, 20 year old kid, not really understanding the gravity of what was around me, but I can tell you that. It, it shaped me enough that whenever I came back to town, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So well, you, I, I had my first it. opportunity. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying, you know, been and, doing it and you've been doing it and you, yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're talking about these guys that are just free, freakish players. Eric Gales, of course, just got on the cover of guitar. Um, what wait was guitar magazine or, um, yeah. And, uh, and he's been and on the cover of so much. I mean, long over and he, he deserves I'm everything, everything. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he, he's absolutely. been under the radar radar for way too long. And I know that, um, Joe has also been instrumental in helping him get catapulted mm. to that level, which I love sure. about Joe. He seems sure. to do that a lot. And, um, and when you talk about, um, talk about hanging out with, uh, from Louisiana, Larry McRae. You know, I saw Larry McRae yeah, at the Caravan of Dreams show, and I heard him do Soul Shine, and it was, you know, of course, oh, yeah. he didn't, he's not the yeah. one that wrote it, but let me just tell you, he's the one that made me want to do it. His version of Soul Shine was incredible, mm. and I ended up putting it on my first record, oh, which yeah. was cut oh, back, wow. way back in the early 90s because of Larry McRae. So all of these things wow. that you're saying is, and Eric Gales, um, I've, I've, I've done a couple shows with Eric Gales down one of them down in yeah. Mexico that we did together and he and his wife are crazy cool and George even you know my husband is the mayor of McKinney and George even mm -hmm. um, gave him a day because of his um, sobriety and how what he's come from and how he's changed his super life. cool yeah. so um, I, I, I we, we just got we got a lot of talking to do together but before we do <laughs> so I want to talk about sure. this new record that you that you've um, released called Late Bloomer and it's 
obviously because you've been touring and playing all these this time and you've never put this record out but you finally put this record out you have an incredible voice you sound a lot like delbert mcclinton i mean and i'm a huge delbert fan so how can i not love well, that you. um sure. i want to play different shades of love so i can let our listening audience just hear how remarkable you are and when we come back i want us to talk about what it took for you to finally get this record together the the inspiration behind it all and all the years of you you know cataloging songs and figuring it out and still not not ever doing it but i'm so glad you did because you guys have got a really cool thing going so if you just tuned in i'm talking with john Zascoda and um, Zascoda and it's Jay-Z Zascoda and Dirty Pool with their new release called Late Bloomer. This song is called Different Shade of Love. It's beautiful. You're going to love it and I I know you're going to want to download it and and get it in your hands because it's really some great Texas music and I'm so happy to have you on the show. So we'll be right back with Jay-Z and Dirty Pool but here's a song called Different Shade of Love.
we're back okay. with Jay-Z, and um, he's talking about his time with um, Larry McRae. And if you don't know who Larry McRae is, you guys definitely need to pull up his music, because this cat is so good and so great. And he's been playing for decades. And I know that, you know, th- here's the thing about musicians and guitar players. It seems like... You know, once you start getting into a, a style, you start discovering that there's guys out there that just are so remarkable that so many people don't know about. So it's not really about talent as far as whether or not they get catapulted to a level of you know national stardom. It's just a it's a matter of you digging in. And thank God now it's so much easier to find those musicians. I mean, we can literally just do a search sure. and find them. Whereas at our age. You had to dig through albums at the at the record store, or you had to hear about it from someone mm-hmm. else, or, or or see them at a festival. It's really changed yeah, the whole platform. It really has, and you know, back then, I think one of the biggest things that what made that experience being back, and you got to think this was back in ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. So this is a long time ago. Um, for me, it was one of those situations where. Um, <sighs> I was I was still an observer. I really wasn't a musician at that point. I really wasn't gigging at that point. So the fantastical nature of it was still from a viewer standpoint. And so when when I, you know, of course I was endeared to Larry personally, but also, you know, as a fan, there was still that uh and there still is today, but on such a different level, uh, there there was this majesty that went along with meeting all of these people that I just was it's just so much different than being a musician talking to them so whenever I came back to Dallas I knew that at a very young age I wanted to continue playing music and of course I was in also um kind of in the same class of those guys running around Dallas Fort Worth playing like Chad Pope and Linda and Beth Garner and Sean Pittman and all these younger kids who you know we were all trying to do our own thing and and I I ended up actually um landing uh the guitar spot in a band called Shame Shame which was led by Dempsey Crenshaw here in Dallas and okay. played with those guys for four years, Dempsey and Steve and Joe Tyler. And that really was one of my biggest, um, like, I, I, it was my training. It was my elementary school of music because those okay. guys really whipped me into the shape. But it wasn't long before in Fort Worth, my brother started taking me to J&J's and the Keys Lounge. And back then there was places like Horny's and the Plaid Pig and the Hop and the Pig and Whistle and all these other places that are no longer today. And, uh, you know, I cut my teeth playing on those, those blues jams and, uh, eventually, you know, again, leading me to all the great music we were talking about before. And so for me, becoming a blues guy and a guitar player was always a dream, but for whatever reason, um, I, I kind of, after that time, I just started working for other people, being a guitar player, mostly for country guitar players, actually, at that point in my career. Texas country started really blooming. Uh, a lot of young players at that time, guys like names like Stoney LaRue and Jason Bolin and oh, yeah. uh, The Great Divide. And those guys were babies and just like us. And so yeah. I saw an opportunity there and eventually started playing, uh, fast forward a little bit to the late 2000s, um, started playing a lot of Texas country, played with Casey Donahue for a few years. Uh, and really toured all around, but ultimately, what my heart was in the blues. So at one point in time, I was playing guitar for this kid named uh, 
a guy named Scott Copeland, fantastic songwriter from Fort Worth. If you don't know who he is, I absolutely check. I absolutely suggest you check his stuff out. It'll blow your mind. Um, really, really one of the most undiscovered and underrated songwriters that's come out of North Texas ever. But Scott had a really great band called the Sidetracks. Uh, we were, you know, standard Texas fare, uh, playing all around the normal Texas country gigs. And um, he couldn't cover a, we had a private gig that was a wedding. And he couldn't cover it. And so these people were good friends of ours. We knew we had to do something for him. So that time, Brandon Wallace, who's the drummer for Dirty Pool now, and and I were playing with Scott. And the bass player that plays with Dirty Pool now, John Shook Jr., happened to be working with me at a little shop teaching bass lessons. So we all got together, threw about 30 songs together to save the wedding. And at the end of the gig, we looked at each other with a few hundred bucks in our hands and thought, hey, man, we might have something here. So that was in 2003. Yeah, that was 2003. So while we all decided to continue doing our own thing musically, John had played with uh, a ton of international reggae bands and just a a ton of great country bands as well as just uh, uh, Brandon had done the same. Justin Pate, the keyboard player, who was a good friend early on, uh, eventually came into the band. That guy was out touring with Ringo Starr and Eddie Vedder and Ben Harper and all these huge names. And we would come back together when we got home and nobody was, everybody was not doing their own thing and we'd be Dirty Pool, you know? And we, we didn't, the, re, the way Dirty Pool actually became a band is we thought, man, if we're going to keep doing this, we got to come up with a, with a, uh, uh, a name and since we're going to be a bar band, we thought about all the things that happen, you know, like all the little seedy things that happen in a bar. We were looking for a name there. And, of course, I think it was Johnny Shook that was like, man, there's always somebody back there being a pool shark. And I thought, yeah, Dirty Pool, that that sounds so, okay. So now, of course, every, everywhere. Yeah, yeah so, so it became you, a you, thing. You and, so dirty... and then all of a sudden it's coming. It's, I know, I noticed there's a lot of little dirty pools out there. But um, I, there, I, yeah. that's why, so, yeah. So if you're looking for the band on um, Spotify or Apple or however you're going to look it up, you need to look it up under Jay-Z and Dirty Pool, by the way. Yeah, Jay-Z and Dirty Pool, for sure. And, and you know, um, we we continued to be a band for a long, long time on our side while we all weren't doing our separate things. And, of course, over that course of time, so this has been 2003, we're looking at just under 20 years, and... Uh, we've all done our own things. Justin's now a, a elementary school music teacher. Um, I run production for Billy Bob's Texas, the largest world's largest honky yeah. tonk. You know, yeah. um, there's a whole lot of things that professionally we moved on with, but we continue to do Dirty Pool. Continue to do Dirty Pool. So, long story short, last year I love I love classic cars, and I had a couple, and and I thought to myself, you know, I, I need to downsize, and it, I got an offer for one of my cars that I just couldn't refuse. And whenever I got the money, what kind of classic car is that? Because I'm a classic car girl too. That car that I sold was a 1961 Ford Falcon. Uh, It was a Falcon Deluxe, a four door, dropped. It was a really cool car, really, really cool car. And after I got it, the the cash for it, I set the money in front of me, and I thought to myself, "This money was unexpected. It's more than I ever thought I would get. What's the one thing that I want to do that I haven't done in life yet?" What's the one thing that I deserve? And what's the one thing that I can make this money by? People say you can't buy happiness, and I tell them you're just not shopping at the right place. Yeah, okay. So I, I, call, I, I called the guys up, and I said, hey, uh, we're going to go in the studio, and we're going to record a record because all of the 
songs that people request these days, they're not other people's. They're the stuff that we came up with. So, you know, there's this celebration that goes along with making this record because it really is the accumulation of four guys who've never fought once, who've always just played music for the love of it, who have done their best to try to um, champion and be an ambassador for uh, a, a genre of music that sometimes seems to go to sleep and we can't let it do that. And, no. you know, finally, finally we, we put ourselves in a position where we were able to do it. And so I was very fortunate to have a, a friendship with this guy named Grant Jackson Wilburn, who has a little studio in, in West Fort Worth called 7013 Studios. Okay. And uh, Grant happens to be the, uh, he's the audio engineer for this, this country music guy named Ryan Bingham. Oh, yeah, and, uh, so he, yeah, so he, uh, so he goes out on the road and, you know, he's Ryan's audio dude. And when he's at home, he does, he makes really great records and he's made a ton of them out of that studio. And I encourage anyone to check them out because they're all just fantastic Texas artists. But, um, we went in and made this record and, um, not with the hopes of doing anything other than just really cataloging this for us. And it's been such a blessing that people have heard it and loved it. Um, you know, different shade of love and, uh, I, what a, what a fun song. I mean, all about, we live in such a world right now where we don't, we have so many lines that are drawn around us, sometimes lines that aren't even drawn by us. Yeah, and boy, that true. those lines, well, those lines are typically drawn there because of misunderstandings and miscommunications. Right. And they divide. And so, and they divide, and we, well, and we, and, and they put people in a box, and they a label, and they're and and the, all the things that I try to get away from, and I told my kids from very early on, you know, to not mm-hmm. fall into that trap of thinking that you have to be a part of a clique that we can all get along and get to sure. know each other and and share our differences and share our the things that we have sure. in common. But I mean, who wants to live in a world where everybody's the same? Well, true, and 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 nobody loves the same we all love differently and it's okay that we love differently Mm -hmm. and and your reason for loving the way that you want and my reason for loving the way that i want it it should be our own and so it's not yeah so for me you know um i had reason to look at my life and see all of the different variations kind of all the different colors of love that are out there and they're all beautiful and so that's oh, what that song's are. about. Oh, it's you're not just about, speaking my language, it, John. <laughs> yeah, man. You so know, it's not this hippie you know, girls over here just didn't delight right now with everything sure. you're saying. Well, and and you got to know though that this isn't really like it's not pointed to any political philosophy or religious philosophy. It's no. just like it's the way things should be, you know. Absolutely. And it's like if you if you hear that song, you know, I, I think a lot of people initially. Um, they they tried to subjugate it to being something that was maybe just pro pro LGBTQ or pro uh, race, but it's not. It's it's no, pro love. It's not at and all. I and I, that, I I appreciate you saying that, but I do know this that the thing about songs and the things about thing about music that makes it so personal is that it is so subjective. And it can so depend sure. on what it is that you're um, that you need it to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, so and that's what it should be. 
That's what it so, should be. And and yeah, so I so I, I'm, I, I'm, that, I was know, very drawn to that song, and that's why I wanted to play it first. But this this next song that we're going to play um, from your record is called "Cross the Line," and um, another uh, clearly another story about how um, if you're willing to cross the line, go for it, right? Sure. I mean, it's all life's all about chances, right? Like mm-hmm. you and I have no rules. We don't understand any of this, right? And mm-hmm. so as long as we're not hurting anyone, taking chances, measured dangerous decisions that will come into, that will lead to outcomes that will open our world to new things. That's what crossing Absolutely. the line is all about, right? It's like jumping off a platform, um, getting out of that comfort zone and, and experiencing life because I say it so much and I, and I just want people to really understand it. No matter what you believe, no matter how you believe, what, what are, whatever your religion is, um, whatever it is that, you, that makes you um, passionate about life, this is it. This is the one time that we have this consciousness and I want everybody to take heed and understand that um, it's all about relationship and it's all about getting to know other sure. people and other things. And that's what is beautiful about our world. And, and I, I'm so inspired by what you're saying. And I love that uh, this record speaks so many things for me um, along that line. So we're going to play cross the line right now with um, Jay-Z and Dirty Pool. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some ways that you guys can see them because I, I got to tell you, uh, after talking to you and after listening to your music, uh, we need to do a show together. We need to um, we need to get your band and our band, and we need to do a double header and do a show together because I really think that the same audience yeah. that would would um, appreciate uh, your style is, is is the same one that comes out to see me. So, um, John, Jay Z, let's listen. Cross the line, and when we come back. We'll we'll hear some more about from this beautiful human that I'm in that I'm interviewing right now, and I'm just so. I'm so excited to get to know you better, Jay-Z. So we'll be right back, right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas.
now with Jay-Z and I'm so enjoying this interview but Jay-Z I want to touch on something that you did that's interesting you documented this um the record and uh, I think I read or heard somewhere where you're thinking about releasing a documentary about it is that right yeah well we actually have yeah we have um so over the last you know almost 20 years one of the things that I always did was just take video and uh, I had this large hard drive and I knew that, you know, when you release a record, you want people to hear it. And quite frankly, you know, other than being a bar band, Dirty Pool's always kind of been a, you know, under the radar. And I knew that. And I knew that I wanted to tell the story of why this was, it was special. It wasn't just about me. It's not just about me. It's about, you know, John and Justin and Brandon and all of the people that came together to make this just a fantastic journey. So I, I took the time right now. There's five episodes. There'll be like seven or eight when I'm done, I think. Um, okay. but I've done five episodes so far that, um, you know, just kind of walk through the journey of the band. And, well, you can go on YouTube and it's called formerly unknown. Okay. The story of dirty pool. And, cool. uh, you can, and you can just check it out. You know, the, the episodes are short. They're five or seven minutes long. And, um, they just kind of give little tidbits of and insights to who we are in the studio and the process and all that. But uh, it, it's a real fun watch. So I definitely um, am happy to share that with everyone. But, you know, it's a it, it's it's a crazy process going in and making yourself so vulnerable in the studio and and then putting it out, hoping that on a wish and a prayer that these people that you know, and that know maybe about you or have heard kind of of you will actually give it a listen. And then most importantly, like connect with it and enjoy it. And I've been so grateful and so blessed that everybody's done that, you know, um, making late bloomer wasn't about, uh, being a rock star or trying to revive a career that is long since passed. I mean, I, I welcome any success. I don't think any of us don't, but, that's not the point. The point was just finally celebrating all the people that had been doing this for so long. And like I said, championing this style of music and this scene that, that really uh, deserves to come back. And um, ultimately, you know, that's, that's why we wanted to share it with everyone. Well, and I know you're referencing the style of um, like blues, but I, I got to tell you, you know, as you know, and if you do any music history, you're going to find out that um, that rock and roll and country and all of it. I mean, it's all connected. It's totally all connected. Sure. And I'm so grateful that sure. I got exposed to blues music very young and um, and I have enjoyed it my whole life. And in fact, my first record, you know, it was kind of it was interesting because it's called Rhythm of the Blues. And um, and kind of it kind of threw me into that genre early on. And again, I'm not I'm not a label girl because I I think that it's all about just enjoying singing and playing no matter what style it is. And I I've done it all. I mean I've done right. blues, I've done rock, I've done country. I've you know I've 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 done a little bit of it all. But I got to tell you, my heart and my soul really is behind the blues, and I and I totally connect with yeah. it. 
and so I that's why when I when I read about you and what all you were doing it was just um it was so easy it was an easy sell for me I was like I gotta have him on the show I think you even asked me how did yeah, I yeah. how did I find out about you and I just um I, well, I scour through and I listen and I I, I I think I saw an interview or something and I dug in and I'm sure I think I reached out to you through Facebook and you know I'm I, again I'm I'm a you know analog girl in a digital world I know Facebook is kind of an old genre for a lot of people now on the internet but I still use it a lot sure. and uh and it, it well me too because I'm still old <laughs> yeah well I'm a lot older yeah, than you I, baby I, but I, I'm just <laughs> so thrilled to see you um, to, to see you do this, and and that you did. Um, and I'm sorry that you sold your car, but this is so much more meaningful than a car. No, it was worth it. You know, this is something yeah. that you'll have and a legacy that you'll leave behind. And I, I hope you're going to do another one. I, I think I read somewhere that you've been thinking about maybe doing another record. Um, I'll, I'll be sure, it maybe sure. country or acoustic or whatever. I, I know this. Mm-hmm. You've got um, an extreme gift, and for um, for me and for other musicians that ca- that can appreciate it, keep doing it, baby, because you know you got the it, and I I hope that you'll just continue on and and let us have this you know to to listen to. And are you guys playing anywhere? Yeah. You have a gig coming up. I know you just played Billy Bob's, which I thought was really cool. Because, well, we did. Um, you uh you know you're since you're working there i know it had nothing to do with yeah, you working yeah. there because listening to the music that's that's opened the door yeah you know it was a it was a it was a kind of that funny thing how that ended up happening uh our name got mentioned kind of in a roundabout way and then the next thing i know they just said sure why not so but it was it was a fantastic gig and you know uh we are planning some stuff what i what i would tell people is that uh, we're going to release some shows probably in August. That'll be for September, October, November. Um, cool. you know, we've been so the, the whole, the whole response to everything is just almost, I don't want to say overwhelming, but it's just been so, unex- I don't want to say even unexpected. It's just, it's been so refreshing. and so nice that we're just trying to catch up a little bit. So I would, cool. I would suggest everybody just all, all of our socials are easy to get to. It's just at dirty pool music. So you can find okay. out what's going on pretty easy. Awesome. It's too 
Feeling the Miles by Wilder Blue, and I got to see these guys just by surprise when I when I saw Jamie Johnson uh, recently at Choctaw, and they were playing out in the bar, and they're such a phenomenal band. It was really a nice treat, so I thought I'd just play a song for you um, today on the show as a reminder of what a great band this is. If you guys can catch them, you will not be disappointed. If you don't know who they are, they're all really accomplished musicians on their own, but they got together and collaborated on this group, and it's just been stellar. Zane Williams, Paul Eason, Lyndon Hughes, Sean Rodriguez, and Andy Rogers. The Wilder Blue, don't forget, catch them if you can. Well, there you have it, another show, and... um, John was just such a doll, and I really enjoyed getting to know him. And, you know, he he wrote something in an interview, or I may, may have heard it somewhere, but I forgot to talk to him about it. He's probably going to get mad at me for saying it, but uh, probably not. He's He's got such a great sense of humor. But he had some advice for touring musicians out there. So if you're a touring musician on a bus, listen to what Jay-Z says that, that you need to do and not do. He says, uh, advice for you, don't take the bottom bunk, don't poop on the bus, call your mom and keep in touch with your family. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so there you have it. Um, uh, if you uh, if you want to know what not to do and what to do, there you go, from Jay-Z and the Dirty Pool. So once again, I want to say thanks to all my listeners and certainly for my sponsors, uh, the Guitar Sanctuary, of course, Tupps Brewery and Burris Injury Law for making this show possible every every week. And I'm I'm just so lucky that I get to do this and and bring all this great music to you guys and get to know all these people on a more personal level. So also um I'm gonna close the show today with a little Radney Foster. And if you guys are a Radney Foster fan, he's getting ready to start a tour in October and he's celebrating 30 years of his debut album, Del Rio, Texas. And uh, I think I picked a pretty good song to end the show with. It's called Closing Time. So here you go, Radney Foster. Peace out, everybody. Remember to love life. You get out of it what you put into it. And Texas music will keep you happy. Just keep listening right here with Maylee Thomas on Texas Homegrown Music. And we'll see you next time. Every afternoon at 5 o'clock. I forget all about you There ain't nothing about this honky-tonk To remind me we're through And I can put off going back 
That old empty house you swore you'd never leave From the loneliness you handed me I can get a brief reprieve From here until closing time It won't matter, you're gone I can fill up my emptiness Maybe make it on my own From now till Good old days are good and gone Since you left without me If I could figure out where we went wrong Maybe I'd be free But These ties that bind my foolish heart just won't let me start my life again and Then I wouldn't need this lonesome bar Where I come to pretend From here until closing time It won't matter Get on my own From now till they lock the doors Put the chairs up and sweep the floors You won't even cross my mind From here until Every afternoon at five o'clock I forget all about 